Welcome to the KPB Podcast. This is your host, Ethan Gavon, coming to you from Sacramento, California. Keep Playing Baseball is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping every high school baseball player navigate the recruiting process and play college baseball. At KPB, we don't think money should dictate who has the opportunity to play college baseball or who gets to make informed decisions throughout the college baseball recruiting process. And all our resources, including this podcast, are 100% free. No signups, no fees, no strings attached. We use the KPB podcast in many different ways, but the main point is to get you the information you need to keep playing baseball. We appreciate you tuning in to the KPB podcast, the best source of recruiting information on the go. Welcome back to the KPB podcast, and thank you for tuning in. On this episode, we're going to talk in depth about the parent's role in the recruiting process. And I'm not speaking in hyperbole when I say that I really do think this is one of the most important episodes, if not the most important episode for parents to listen to when it comes to uh, understanding the recruiting process and how to best help their son make his way to college baseball, Um, especially for those parents who are not using our website regularly, which you definitely should. But if you're not, this is going to give you a great overview. So we're going to walk through the parent's role in the recruiting process in three parts. The first one is just going to be an overview of what that role should look like. The second part, we're going to dive into specific roles that parents can have during each of the 10 steps of the recruiting process. And then we're going to finish up with five just kind of overarching roles that parents can have um, responsibilities that they can kind of take charge of or use to help their son have success in the recruiting process. So not going to waste much time here. We've got a lot of content to go through. Just going to dive right into it. Um, So if you follow Keep Playing Baseball regularly, you already know that we spend a considerable amount of time trying to help parents find the appropriate place in their son's college baseball recruiting process and the college search. And so on our website, you know, we alert you to the biggest mistakes that parents are making during the recruiting process. We share advice from parents who have been through the recruiting process before. We publish blog articles that are specific to different aspects of parents' role in the recruiting process. And then we have an entire parents page uh, aimed at giving you information to help you understand the recruiting process better. So no matter how far along in the recruiting process your son is, um, you've probably, as a parent, already started to realize that finding your appropriate place in this process is a delicate balance, right? It's hard to figure out what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, There's a lot of unspoken rules. And so what we want to do is make that completely clear. So on one hand, you want to guide your son down the right path, help him find an affordable school that's going to set him up for a successful life uh, long after his baseball playing days are over, right? On the other hand, you know that it's important for your son to take initiative and find a place where He will be happy on and off the field for the next, you know, four or five years. 
So he's got an important role in this process and so do you. And we understand that you're in quite a predicament uh, when it comes to helping him. So we want to help kind of guide you through that and, and frame your role in a way that you can both participate actively in this process, but not overstep that line. So um, obviously your son's decision, his college decision is incredibly important for his future. And uh, the good thing is the, the recruiting process, when he takes ownership over it, it's going to be a great learning tool for him developing skills that are going to bef- benefit him in college and beyond. Um, we talk about that in our article where we discuss how leading your own recruitment is, is turning you into a leader. It's allowing you to practice skills that are practiced in a number of different uh, educational and employment settings. Um, But you can't just let your son kind of take this thing and run with it on his own. In most cases, Uh, parents should definitely be involved in the recruiting process. You have a perspective on life uh, that, that he simply doesn't have. He hasn't had time to develop. And so uh, because this is a decision that's going to impact your son's life for the rest of his life, you want to be involved. Um, but what level of involvement is appropriate? That's the big question, right? So that's going to vary from family to family, from kid to kid. Uh, some questions that you can ask yourself to help you decide how much involvement you should have. Number one, does your son have a clear vision for the type of school he'd like to attend, an idea of what characteristics are most important to him? Two, does your son have an idea of what he'd like to study and ideas about what he might like to do when baseball is over? Three, does your son have a plan for finding, researching, and engaging with schools of interest? Four, Does your son take ownership of his current day-to-day responsibilities without the need for constant reminders? So things like schoolwork, uh, practices and games, chores, other extracurricular activities. How involved is he with those in in taking ownership? Um, That's going to give you an important indication for how involved and how much ownership he may take over recruitment. Question five, is your son able to set his emotions aside and make rational and lasting decisions. Six, is your son able to prioritize long-term success over instant gratification or material things? And seven, does your son typically make sure that he makes responsible and mature decisions? So seven questions. If the answers to all or most of these questions is yes, your son may be able to handle a lot more of the recruiting process than other kids might be able to. And that's something you're just going to have to figure out. But it's also important to note that from a college coach's perspective, the role of the parent should look from the outside world pretty similar for everyone. So while different kids are going to need different amounts of support behind the scenes, different uh, amounts of uh, you pushing him or guiding him, the vision from the outside, the way it looks from the outside, uh, should look the same for just about everyone. And your most important and helpful role as a parent in the recruiting process is going to take place behind the scenes. And the analogy that we like to use to illustrate this 
and kind of explain your involvement is a learner's permit analogy. Um, so your, your influence is felt and known on the inside, um, but it's often invisible from the outside looking in. So when your son is first learning to drive, here's the, the learner's permit analogy. When your son is first learning how to drive, the only way for him to actually learn and become proficient is to spend time behind the wheel. But this also doesn't mean that you're just handing over the keys and taking a nap, right? At least we hope not. Um, your job as a parent when your son is learning how to drive is to be a great backseat driver and to help him guide the vehicle safely to your destination. So at various times during the journey, this may mean providing important advice, information, and guidance. You may even have to have him pull over the car at times and explain something or demonstrate something for him. Other times, you're just going to sit back quietly and let him have complete ownership. So depending on the maturity of your son and your trust level, um, you, you may be more or less involved in this process. From the outside of the car, what people see who are walking on the sidewalk or in other cars is they see that your son is driving the car and he's in control. From the inside looking out, you know that you're involved in the process and you play a critical role in helping him safely get you to your destination. So the recruiting process should look very much the same both inside your house and to the outside world, especially to those college coaches. So your role is going to have you wearing many hats from advisor and voice of reason to treasurer. Um, we're going to elaborate on that later. All those roles are going to happen for the most part behind the scenes, inside your house, right? Um, you're going to be very involved. It's an expensive decision. It's a, it's a decision that's going to have a big impact on his life. So you will be involved, but from the outside looking in. So when college coaches are recruiting your son, when college coaches are communicating with your son, it's going to look like your son is driving this process. He's going to be uh, doing the bulk of the communication. Um, obviously, it's him who he's going to be playing and he's going to be evaluating. College coaches want the interaction to flow through your son. And so it's going to look like from the outside that you're pretty hands off. You're just there to support him in some of the roles that we'll discuss later. And that's a good thing. So um, again, if you're if you're trying to figure out what what your role should be, lean into that learner's permit analogy because it's a really good one. Inside, you're very involved to the outside world. Um, it looks like you've prepared your son and he's taking ownership. So as a parent, you can have a big role in helping your son create an organized and strategic plan for how he's going to navigate the recruiting process while letting him take the lead with communication and face-to-face -face interactions with college coaches, those things that um, we just talked about, I just spoke about. So having this behind-the-scenes influence, it's going to allow you to stay involved and active in the process, but at the same time, you're going to avoid some of the traps and the pitfalls that well-meaning parents fall into when they're trying to help their son but they actually end up hurting them by either hijacking the process, becoming, uh, getting the label of a helicopter parent and other things that you want to avoid. So parents who can strike a balance between involvement and 
you know, giving their son some freedom. Again, it goes back to those questions, how much freedom, uh, you know, is, is really going to be on a case by case basis, but the parents who can walk that line between involvement and freedom for their son, they're going to be able to better influence and guide the recruiting process while giving your son ownership over the process, uh, which is really important where he feels like he is leading the decision-making and and leading the discussion. Less involvement in face-to-face interactions uh, and pre-visit communication is also going to prevent parents from, uh, as I mentioned earlier, hijacking the recruiting process. So there's times, and what I mean by hijacking is, you know, they, they are essentially driving the process for their son. So their son has been relegated to essentially following whatever the parents want to be done. Uh, and that label of being overbearing or being a helicopter parent or um, having a kid uh, who just sits back and lets the parent do the work, that's not showing the college coach any of the things that he needs to evaluate um, in order to make a decision about whether your son is a fit for his program, because ultimately it is your son who is going to end up on campus in that program. And the fit needs to be for him, not for the parent. So not for you. Um, many reasons why college coaches want your son to take the lead and, uh, evaluating your son's initiative, um, things like his ability to follow instructions, his communication skills, responsibility, accountability, all those kind of catchphrases that you see. When your son takes control of the process, it allows the college coach the chance to see those skills in action and see if those skills uh, meet the standard that they're looking for and fit well with their program. So building a relationship with your son and making sure that he is going to be a program fit, it's it's a critical reason why coaches want your son to do the talking for himself. So each year we do college coach surveys and for three years running every year we've done it. We ask college coaches from every level of college baseball who they prefer to be the primary communicator in the recruiting process. And every single one has said the recruit. So we have an article where we discuss this, but just keep that in mind. Every single college coach that we've talked to has said, they want the recruit to be the lead person communicating in the recruiting process. So if that doesn't tell you why it's important from the outside looking in that your son is driving that car, um, I'm not really sure what will. But that's an indication of how important this is in the process. So your role, just to kind of recap, your role is incredibly important. And there will be times when you should take the lead. Um, but you do know favors to your son by stealing the show. So you need to get comfortable with being involved behind the scenes and allowing your son to learn some of these valuable skills and lessons from managing his own recruitment. So in the next part, and we'll, we'll cut this off so you can break it down into segments if it's too long, or you can just roll right into the next part. But in the next part of this episode, we're going to talk about your role in the recruiting process as it pertains to different different stages of recruitment. So 
We break the recruiting process down into 10 simple steps, and we help you understand what is the most important role for you as a parent during each one of these steps. So hope you found this first little introductory part useful. Um, We'll jump to that after this quick message. I want to talk to you about how you can support this podcast and keep playing baseball's efforts to provide free, accurate college baseball and recruiting information to anyone who needs it. First, please consider a year-end donation from you or your business. Did you know if everyone who used KPB resources this month donated just $10, it would fund Keep Playing Baseball through the end of 2020? That's right, small donations from you make a huge difference for us. The second opportunity would be to become the title sponsor for this podcast. Picture it, the KPB podcast by your company. If you're interested, please reach out to us about the opportunity to sponsor this podcast for 2020 by emailing us at keepplayingbaseball at gmail.com. We appreciate your support and wouldn't be able to do what we do without it. Have a happy holidays and thank you from all of us at Keep Playing Baseball. Thanks for sticking with us as we talk about parents' role in the recruiting process. Um, We're diving into the second part of this episode. In the first one, we talked about an intro and an overview to the parents' role in the recruiting process. Now we're going to start diving into some specifics. We haven't yet talked about what you should be doing as a parent and when, and so we're going to dive into that right now. Um, We have broken the recruiting process down into 10 steps for players and parents. We discuss those steps at length, kind of build it up as a roadmap to college baseball in the Recruiting 101 section of our website. You should definitely check that out. Um, But we're going to use those same 10 steps right now to break down what you should be doing for your son, what you should be doing, and how you should be involved in the recruiting process uh, at each step of the way. So step one is essentially just getting your bearings, right? It's learning about college baseball. What are the opportunities out there to play college baseball for your son. And so if you want your son to have a chance to play college baseball, not only him, but you also need to learn about what that actually means. You should play an active role in learning the ins and outs of college baseball um, from the NCA rules and eligibility requirements to different levels and divisions. There's definitely no shortage of things to learn. There's over 1,600 different college baseball programs out there across eight different levels and divisions. The more you know about them, the better you can be as an advisor to your son and help him understand the possibilities that are out there. Because that's an issue that a lot of kids run into. They get their blinders on. They know the schools that they know. They know the schools that they see playing in the College World Series or on TV. And they don't realize that there's literally thousands of schools out there that could be a great fit for them at different levels uh, for different types of players with different types of skill levels. So 
your engagement and just simply learning about college baseball and learning about the opportunities that are out there, that engagement's really going to help fuel his engagement. So during that first initial part of the recruiting process where you're simply building up that knowledge base and understanding what this process is going to look like, it's important for you to be engaged in learning so that you guys can communicate well and be on the same page. The second step of the recruiting process as we break it down is learning. It's kind of taking the 30,000 foot view of what this entire recruiting process is going to look like. So we simply call it learning about the college baseball recruiting process. And so if learning about college baseball is priority 1A for a parent who wants to help usher their son through this recruiting process, then learning about the appropriate timing and methods for navigating the recruiting process successfully, having a vision for what this is going to look like, that 30,000 foot view, here are the hoops we have to go through, then that's going to be uh, part 1B. For someone who has never been through it, the recruiting process can seem really confusing and messy. Uh, Getting informed is going to make a huge difference. And luckily, Keep Playing Baseball is here to help you through it. Everything your son needs to do and learn at each step of the recruiting process is organized for him uh, through our Recruiting 101 section. Um, Free resource, a free roadmap to college baseball. So what you can do is you can follow along and support him in his learning. Help by following along and providing reminders of deadlines and important events, as well as just encouraging and being supportive of his learning and growth as a baseball player. We've got some comprehensive checklists that can really help you and your son stay on track for college baseball during each year of high school. You can find those on our website and print them up. They tackle uh, during each time of the year for each year in school. They tackle recruiting. They tackle development. They tackle academics. So a really comprehensive look at what you need to be doing to stay on track. For step three which is creating a personal recruiting plan for your son. So now that you have the knowledge base, actually sitting down and creating this plan. How how is he going to get from where he is today to where he wants to go? What are the steps in the middle? What does he need to do? That's step three. And you're going to learn, if you haven't already, that the recruiting process, it's different for everyone. Development will happen at different times for each recruit. As a parent, you can help your son try to figure out what type of college baseball experience he wants and help him create a long-term plan for how he's going to meet his academic and, you know, let me backtrack, for how he is going to meet the academic and athletic standards of that level of school. So being a voice of reason here is extremely important. Your son is likely to express interest in schools that are in the news or that he's heard of most, where his friends have gone, but encourage him to explore all his options. It's also important that your son knows the limitations of his search financially and otherwise. So since it's rare that a player pays for all of his baseball expenses, you can help by giving him a realistic idea of a budget for both the recruiting process. So how much he'll be able to spend on equipment, training, club teams, etc., and also discussing a realistic budget for the types of colleges and universities that he may be able to afford 
without incurring massive student loan debt, which can really be crippling uh, as he graduates and looks for jobs. So these constraints will be helpful in coming up with a realistic plan that fits your budget. So we have articles that will help walk you through how to put together a basic budget analysis and help you figure out this financial side. But as you create a plan for the recruiting process, um, being realistic about uh, how much you have to spend on various elements of the recruiting process and the types of schools that he might be able to target um, without scholarship money is incredibly important. So we're not trying to scare you away from uh, him pursuing opportunities at schools with the big price tag, but you just want to be aware of that type of thing. Uh, college baseball scholarships are limited. So a lot of times there is a portion of financial responsibility that falls onto the player and the family, even if that player is a superstar. So just something to keep in mind. So as that recruiting plan takes shape, uh, the next step, step four, is preparing to contact coaches and seek exposure. So before you start reaching out to coaches and really putting yourself out there, you want to have a plan for how that's going to be successful. You want to be prepared so that you can provide coaches with the information that they need. Many recruits make the mistake of seeking out exposure or contacting coaches before they're ready. As a parent, it's helpful to understand that. So we have a bunch of articles on when and how you should be contacting college coaches. We encourage patience. A lot of people try and rush to this part of the recruiting process, and uh, that can spell problems, uh, to say the least. So being honest about your son's playing abilities, it's one of the most difficult yet most important things that both you and he can do to ensure a successful recruiting process. So most kids who end up with nowhere to play in college, no opportunities, they, they do that because they're looking in the wrong places. There is good baseball at all of the NCAA levels, all of the college baseball levels, including NAIA. Make sure you and your son take a realistic and honest view of which levels he can play at and how that view fits with what he wants in an overall college experience. Objective feedback from a coach or a scout or people who are familiar with college baseball can be really, really helpful. Um, honesty is a must. And if your son really wants to play college baseball, he needs to target schools and programs that match his playing and academic abilities. Um, when he does begin to target schools, all the communication with coaches needs to be done by your son, as we talked about earlier. But you can play an important role behind the scenes by reading over emails, sharing your thoughts, and helping him prepare. So to help get your son ready to contact coaches, we've got a list of things that he can do, uh, including having his SAT or ACT scores ready to send over, having a transcript ready to send over, having a form email. Uh, and by form email, we're not saying the same thing that he sends out verbatim to each school. We're talking about something he can change and alter for each uh, school that he writes to. So he's not just starting from scratch, a template that has all the important elements that college coaches are looking for, but that he can personalize for each school and each program. 
Uh, he's going to want to have references, uh, contact information for all his coaches, a uh, video link um, to a skills video, a recruiting video. And so you can help him get organized in all these different ways as he prepares to contact coaches and seek exposure. In step five, he's contacting college coaches and seeking exposure. So he prepared and now he's actually doing it. Even though it may be hard, your son has to be the lead voice and communicator with college coaches. It's important that you understand that seeking exposure and contacting college coaches also does not mean that you have to spend a lot of money. So we have articles for parents um, that deal with this, how to balance spending in, in the search for exposure and scholarships. Exposure and communication are important, but they must take place after your son has developed a, re a recruitable skill set and they absolutely do not need to be expensive. Said it before, we'll say it again, a well-written email with a video link can be the best form of exposure your son can have to start getting recruited by a program. Or in today's day and age, it, it can even be a video link on a social media, something like Flatground app or Flatground Bats that helps get that video to a bunch of coaches. Does the same thing as going to a five, six, seven, eight hundred dollar showcase, right? Very few players are going to get actually signed or um, right out of a showcase. Just doesn't happen. What that showcase does, it gives a glimpse at your tools, your skills, and allows a coach to follow up or start those re recruiting discussions. Well, a video with uh, especially one that has ver verifiable metrics um, can do exactly the same thing and it doesn't have to cost hardly anything. So we discuss everything that you need to know about making videos on our website. You can take a look at that. Um, but help your son understand the difference between necessary and luxury expenses during the recruiting process and be a voice of reason and rationality. Helping your son put together a realistic budget, um, as we said, and, and figure out where to spend available resources, that's an important job for a parent as he seeks to be evaluated and seen by college coaches. But again, does not have to be expensive. Um, understand what is necessary. Understand what's, what's luxury and put your money towards development so he can be the best player when college coaches see him. Step six, this is after you've engaged with college coaches and you have ongoing communication with college coaches. This really echoes the, sec the sentiment of the previous two steps and your role in the previous two steps. All communication should be flowing through your son. Even if you have a big influence in what he says and what he does, if you have questions, you can have your son uh, reach out to the coach and, and set up a dialogue between you, but have your son take the lead. There are a number of reasons, as we've already mentioned, why it's important for you to let your son take the lead uh, with college coaches and recruiters, kind of recap them for starters. College coaches put a lot of value in players who take ownership over their recruiting process, and they can clearly articulate why they want to attend that school, why they're interested in that program, and what they want in a college experience. Um, in college, you will not be there to communicate for your son or on your son's behalf, so Coaches want to see if recruits can communicate effectively 
on their own. They want to see if the communication styles fit with their communication styles. Your son should be the main person communicating with coaches on the phone, in email, and in person. And so if your son is leading the conversation, it's going to give college coaches a better chance to get to know him and figure out if his personality is a good fit for the program and also evaluate some of those intangible skills that they look for uh, in players. So it's also going to allow your son to get a better feel for the coaching staff and to evaluate if they fit what he is looking for in a college coach and a college program. Of course, any college coach who is worth their salt, they're going to keep the parent involved in the conversation. Um, So it's not that you can't have any communication with coaches. That's not what we're trying to say here. You absolutely should. You should be involved in the conversation. But again, it flows through your son, and you'll be be able to tell when coaches direct questions to you or engage with you that it's the appropriate time for you to do the same thing. But We can't stress enough how important it is to let your son take the lead when it comes to this communication phase and have that communication flow through him. Uh, Like I said, if you want to talk to a college coach or you have specific questions, especially as the recruiting process moves farther along, um, then have your son call and say, hey, my my mom or my dad would like to talk with you and uh, has a few questions. Do you mind if, if they give you a call or send you a text or write you an email? That way it shows initiative on the part of your son and also involves you in that conversation. When you're involved in conversations with coaches, just remember that your job, if if they ask questions, it's to inform rather than embellish or brag about your son. So leave the evaluation to the college coaches. Just help them get the information they need to do that evaluation. Uh, during the communication phase, it's it's incredibly important that you and your son are on the same page in terms of what he's looking for and what he expects at this stage of the recruiting process. So even though you're taking a backseat role in the recruiting process, you guys should be a unified team working towards the same goals and with the same set of expectations. Because once you start that communication process with college coaches, um, things can heat up really quickly. And the last thing you want to do is be on a different page than your son. And um, it can lead to some some awkward moments. Uh, example of this, when I was a Division One recruiting coordinator, I remember sitting in an office with a parent and a kid. And uh, we were making an offer to the kid, a scholarship offer. And I said, hey, so do you want to come play for us? Um, do you want to be a Spartan? And the kid said, yes, I want to commit right now. And the, the dad looked at him uh, completely shocked. Um, very, very awkward moment for that family and uh, not something that you want to have happen in the recruiting process. So make sure you're in communication with your son and you're on the same page. Um, step seven, this is preparing for campus visits and visiting schools. If your son has been communicating with a coach Uh, or a school of interest, the next logical step is to get on campus to get more information and see if that school and program uh, really is a fit for your son. New NCA rules for Division I programs require that visits set up by college coaches or with college coaches um, involved take place no sooner than September 1st of a recruit's junior year of high school. So if you know that you're going to be visiting a college program, 
you're going to want to uh, make sure that it's in the right time frame so that the coach will actually be involved. And uh, you're going to want to put together a thorough scouting report beforehand. So you want to show up prepared. So you can help your son prepare for the visit by finding out as much as you can about the school and the baseball program. So how big is the school? How much success has the program had? How long have the coaches been in the program? Jump online, do some roster research, figure out who's returning at your son's position. What class are they in? Does the school have your son's intended major or what he's interested in studying? Um, Prepare a list of questions that you have about specific, that are specific to the school and the baseball program. And finally, uh, work with your son to set up guidelines for the the visits, kind of relating to my last little uh, story about the kid who committed on the spot, surprising his dad. Uh, You're going to want to talk about things like, will we talk about uh, things at home before we decide to commit, or is it okay to commit on the spot? Do we feel like we have all the answers we need? Um, Or... You know, are we going to stay for the full visit even if we don't like the way it's going? You know, simple communication like that. I would advise that you stay throughout the duration of the visit, even if you decide halfway that it's it's not the right thing. But it's also important to just talk more generally about the goal of the visit. Do you want to leave with an offer? Will you ask about one if the visit's coming to an end and you haven't received one? Uh, just making sure that you have a plan and you have goals for the visit. This is going to make sure that you stick with your shared game plan, no matter how the visit goes and give you time to reflect and make uh, a rational and informed decision. So once you have finished your scouting report and you set the guidelines and you have that discussion, should be ready to visit campus. Once on campus, again, you're going to want to allow your son to take the lead but you should feel free to be part of the conversation when it seems right. You'll want to have your own questions to ask on a campus visit and be sure that you get all the information that you need to make an informed decision or that you'll have an opportunity to get those answers later. When it comes to finances, this is where you're really going to want to take the lead. So asking clarifying questions and, and giving honest responses Avoid making demands or requests for scholarship money. Um, We'll talk more about this in part three of this episode. But one of your most important roles is going to be that financial piece and making sure that you understand. But it's, uh, it's again, important to just inform rather than demand. Uh, Another one of the most important roles when you're on campus for a visit is just being a listener and uh, listening to how the coaches try to convey their message. How do they respond to tough questions? Uh, Do you think they're being honest or forthcoming? You can pick up on a lot beyond what they say by letting your son do the talking and just listening intently. You can pick up on important things that your son might even miss because of his excitement that you can discuss with him later. You know, things like, uh, dodging questions or not not providing the information uh, in a way that they should. Stuff like that can be telling, just also generally observing for the way they speak to your son, the way they interact. Uh, all that stuff can be really, really important and insightful. 
When it comes to step eight, which is evaluating options and offers, parents offer one, often wonder how involved they should be in their son's ultimate decision-making. Um, college is a decision. It's a huge decision. We've said it probably a handful of times already. It's going to impact your son for the rest of his life. There is no cookie-cutter way to go about it. Um, you're going to have to decide what level of involvement you will have and uh, where he goes and what's best for your family. Your perspective and your experience matter. The cost of attendance, scholarship offers, academic reputation of the school, proximity to home. There's so many variables that may cause you to be more or less involved in your son's final decision. So ask yourself if your son is mature and informed enough to make a decision that will impact his life for decades on his own, and then let that answer guide your influence. Again, no cookie cutter way or, or thing we can say here. You're just going to have to decide how involved you want to be in that ultimate decision. Making a commitment. So your son should be the one who calls coaches, <clears throat> excuse me, calls coaches and lets them know that he's committing. At this point, your job is to keep your son on track and communicate with coaches as they dictate. It's to make sure that he is committing the right way. Um, things can unravel. Things can change. Uh, recruiting and commitments, especially verbals, are a very fluid thing. So handling the commitment the right way with everyone who is involved in the recruiting process. So coaches at the program where he commits, coaches at other programs that were recruiting him. Make sure you don't burn any bridges. Um, you definitely want to handle this process the right way. we got a great article that lays out five steps that you can take to make sure that you do this. And I would strongly suggest as a parent that you read that and make sure that your son follows it to a T. Final step is, um, you know, for step, step 10, managing post-commitment responsibilities and showing up ready. This is a really underrated part of the recruiting process. A lot of people think that committing is the end of the journey. That couldn't be farther from the truth. It's really the start. Um, you got to help your son prepare for a highly competitive college baseball environment. To get off to a good start, he should be completing his post-commitment responsibilities on time. Things like uh, taking online placement exams, uh, immunization records, housing forms. There's going to be tons of stuff that your son has to do before he gets to campus. That's not even talking about the eligibility side of things. So stay on top of it. Don't make people ask twice and do it right the first time. Um, you should also play, pay close attention to deadlines like the FAFSA, which opens in October. Uh, all these things that you don't really think about when it comes to going to college um, that you're going to have to take care of. So there's plenty left for your son to do um, and, and for you to help him stay organized with those tasks as he prepares to get to campus. You're going to want to make sure that you're involved and nothing slips through the cracks. You're also going to want to continue to push him developmentally because he's got to continue to develop and improve and so he can show up on campus and compete. So I know this was a pretty long segment of the show, but that breaks down the 10 steps of the recruiting process from start to finish and what you can do during each. We're going to finish up 
in this third segment after a, a quick message and just talk about five more overarching roles that you can have as a parent throughout this process, places where you can take control or act as a guide, and, uh, and then we'll close things out. So thanks again for listening. Stick with us for uh, the second, or excuse me, third segment, which is coming up after these brief messages. Hey, KBB fans, we need your help. If you enjoy our free content and want to support future resources, please consider making a year-end donation to Keep Playing Baseball. We rely on your support to provide the best resources 100% free. Donations can be made at keepplayingbaseball.org backslash donate. That's keepplayingbaseball.org backslash donate. Every little bit helps. What's up, guys? Thanks for sticking with us as we go through the parent's role in the recruiting process. Uh, In part one, we dove in and gave a detailed overview of the parent's role in the recruiting process, kind of a big picture, an introduction. We talked about using the learner's permit analogy as a framework for how to view yourself in this recruiting process. And then we followed that up by breaking the recruiting process down into 10 steps and talking about what you can specifically do to help your son in each of those 10 key steps of the recruiting process. In this part, we're going to outline some of the major roles for parents, some of the the overall um, ways and times when parents should kind of take the lead. So in order to introduce that, I want to go back to the learner's permit analogy and uh, and talk about when parents maybe step in and, and take control then and how that relates to the recruiting process. So we're talking about when you step in and make a prominent role here. And, and most of the time when your son is, is learning how to drive, he's driving the car and you're there to help guide him and make sure he drives safely. There are, however, times when you may decide it's best if you actually take over the wheel, right? So Maybe it's driving in a big or unknown city that he's not ready for during times of heavy traffic. Um, Maybe it's simply the idea that you also help your son out with gas money from time to time or you pay for the car's upkeep. You are doing things that he's not able to do on his own quite yet. He hasn't quite learned that. So like driving the car uh, or pulling over and taking the wheel, and taking over car upkeep, there's a a handful of key roles or times in the recruiting process where your involvement needs more of a presence. And we're going to talk about those five most important roles that you have and the big moments when you can take the lead and and really make a big difference. And the first one, uh, we've already mentioned it, it's, it's be a source of knowledge. The more you know about the recruiting process, the more you're w- you will be able to help your son, plain and simple. So be a resource that he can lean on with questions or someone he can use to help him with his own research. When you understand the way things work and you can be there to help your son ask important and difficult questions, you're also going to help lessen the chance that he gets taken advantage of or duped by coaches who go through this process dozens, if not hundreds of times each season recruiting players and and they know the process inside and out and it's easy for them to get an upper hand. If you are a source of knowledge, if you understand the way things 
can and should work, then you can help people uh, stay honest or keep people honest throughout this process by asking the right questions and understanding when, you know, someone maybe is, is trying to take advantage. Um, and that's not to say that you have to know everything. Um, but the more, you know, and the more you show that you're willing to learn what this looks like with your son, um, the more you guys are going to be able to be a uh, two or three headed monster, um, you know, two or three brains when it comes to this stuff are better than one. So role number one for a parent, be a source of knowledge. Um, and, and we'll elaborate on that in some of these other roles too. Number two, it's be a source of support. So this is incredibly important. Um, when parents don't really understand the recruiting process, sometimes it's hard for them to be seen as a, a source of stability and support, but that's what you need to be because as your son's going through puberty, um, as he's going through this highly emotional process, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Be there to help your son keep the big picture in mind and stay off that emotional roller coaster. You know, there's, there's going to be times when he's getting rejected by a program, program's not expressing interest. Um, there's going to be times where he is getting interest and he's going to be really high up on that roller coaster. The best way for you to maintain control and help your son stay even keel is to keep your son focused on the things that he has control over. So that's things like getting better, doing well in school, coming up with a good plan, working hard, focusing on the intangibles. And so this is a really critical role for a parent. And it's also going to help create a much more enjoyable recruiting process for your son and even for yourself. Um, so again, the key here is just there's a tendency when, when things are emotional and changing quickly, very fluid in the recruiting process to ride the highs and the lows. You want to stay in the middle ground um, and understand that even the rejection in the recruiting process when looked at in the, the right light is going to provide you with information that's going to help you find a fit in the end, right? So if you can take the lessons from the rejection that's inevitable in the recruiting process and not get too down, that those lessons and that information is going to help you do better the next time. So keeping perspective uh, and being a source of stability and support so that you're not riding those highs and lows with your son and you're providing a, a steady hand for him to turn to, very important. Um, third, third role for a parent, be a teammate. So what this means is, uh, and not just a teammate, but be a good teammate, be on the same page as your son from start to finish and be involved at the level that level that you feel is necessary as he goes through the process. So help your son create a list of the characteristics that are most important to him in a baseball program and a college experience, you know, things like size, location, level of baseball, education, playing opportunities as a freshman, cost of tuition, et cetera. We've got a worksheet to help you do that, help your son figure out what's in more, most important to him. And this is where you can add your two cents and really help influence the schools that he targets and the ways that he views his decision. So make a list of the most important or must-have criteria and characteristics and let that list evolve with the recruiting process. This list should inform your son's final school choice 
And understanding and talking about this list on a regular basis will help prevent making irrational or emotionally charged decisions. Uh, Many recruits and parents, they fall into the trap of making decisions on things like the quality of the stadium or the locker rooms or the gear. Nice stadiums and locker rooms are great, but is that really what you want your son to base such a life-changing decision on? My guess is if you're looking at it objectively, probably not, right? So as a parent, you can be a big part of preventing these mistakes from happening. Um, It may be your son's choice, but your perspective is invaluable and letting a teenager make such an important decision on his own is something you'll want to think really long and hard about. So once your son has developed this list of characteristics that are most important to him, you can use uh, the search tools like College Board to help create a preliminary list of schools. But again, making sure that you're on the same the same team, you're working together, um, you are using your experience and your influence to keep him on the right track. Being a good teammate is really important. And that's going to be a, a, a balancing act for you, making sure you don't get too involved, but also keep him focused on what's most important. Um, these next two roles are incredibly important. We've discussed both of them already. Uh, the next one is be a financial advisor. And, and we've already discussed how that is so important, but because it's so important, I want to go through it one more time. When it has to do with money and finances, as a parent, you have to take the lead. This goes for setting the recruiting budget and picking a program. The last thing you want to do is have your son set up to go to his dream school only to find out that he can't afford it at the last minute because you didn't do your homework. Perhaps perhaps worse yet is having your son go through a college program only to come out with crippling loan debt when he's done. So please, please, please take the time to put together a basic budget analysis and better understand what your family can afford. We, we have an article on our website that guides you through it. Um, it's linked in the, the third part of the written version of this podcast episode. You should also never feel bad about getting all the answers you need to make an informed college baseball decision. And this is especially the case when it comes to uh, cost and and financial information. So have your son connect you with the coach, you know, rather than just calling out of the blue so that you can ask all the questions that you need. Or when you go to the campus visit, come with a list and, and make sure that you get the financial information so that you have a complete view of the picture. When it comes to scholarships, money, and and cost of attendance, college coaches will frame that in different ways, right? If I am a college coach and um, I can offer you tuition, I I might frame it as we're able to give you a scholarship that covers 100% of tuition, which sounds a lot better than, okay, this scholarship is going to cover 7000 of the $24,000 that it costs to attend school, right? So college coaches are going to frame things in a way that sounds most beneficial because they're trying to sell you on the financial package and what they're able to provide. So it's your job as a parent to really 
tease this apart and figure out what the cost is, what uh, what you can afford, and um, and also understand that you know all scholarships are not created equal. Um, a twenty thousand scholar dollar scholarship at one school and a twenty thousand dollars scholarship at the other are the same scholarship, but that's not the same out of pocket cost. So asking clarifying questions and always making sure you know how much an offer will have you paying out of pocket. We've got some great resources to help you with that. Uh, If you're confused about the way scholarships are described, I would suggest consulting our Making Sense of Your Scholarship offer or even our step-by-step guide for comparing multiple scholarship offers and and ask lots of questions. Um, Again, said it earlier, but you want to avoid making demands or asking straight up for more scholarship money, especially in your initial face-to-face meeting. Uh, Your tone is also incredibly important when talking about finances. You have to understand that baseball isn't a sport with lots of scholarship money. So coaches can be really sensitive if they feel like you're insulting an offer that they may have actually worked really hard to create, right? They may have Uh, really pull together their resources to give you a scholarship offer that to you isn't enough, but to them is a huge deal because of the lack of scholarships that they have. Many times, you know, coaches, they have their hands tied financially with current scholarships on the books, but you shouldn't feel bad about having a constructive conversation about cost. It's okay to provide coaches with a realistic view of your college budget and they may even be able to refer you to more outside sources that can help with with finances. Um, financial discussions are often better had after you've had time to sit down and look at all the financial facts. So talk with your son about his interest in the school, come up with a plan. Instead of coming back to a school and saying that their offer simply isn't enough or that you need a better offer, Give them information that they can understand. So things like, for example, we can afford to pay X amount out of pocket each year. We've done the research, we've we've crunched the numbers, and this is what we can afford. Or with your current offer, we are X dollars short of what we have set aside for college. Do you know anywhere we can look to help cover the rest of this or anywhere we can look for scholarships? So by helping the coach to understand what is feasible financially, you create a constructive dialogue rather than making demands, which can be offensive. So don't go in there and say, well, we need you to give us this much more money, or this isn't enough. Give us this, um, create a a constructive dialogue where you're informing the coach of your needs. Uh, you're informing the coach that you understand how difficult it can be to get scholarships and you want to work together to find a way to, uh, to make that school fit financially. Um, so your role as a financial advisor can't be overstated enough because a lot of times players just simply don't have the financial wherewithal or interest to really tackle this on their own. And again, it can be a huge issue if you leave school with a lot of debt, you haven't thought about um, your career after college, and all of a sudden you have these big bills that you have to pay and uh, and you can't seem to, you know, get any ground with your career because of this debt. So something you want to avoid and, and do your work on up front. 
possibly, you know, financially really important, but this, this fifth role, um, be an academic advisor or an academic counselor. This is probably the most important role you can have for recruiting success. So at many high schools, academic counselors, they have too many students and are stretched thin for both time and resources. So even if this isn't the case at your school, both you and your son, you need to familiarize yourself with the recruiting process, with eligibility, NCA rules, and the different levels of college baseball. You and your son are responsible for making sure that he is taking the right classes and meeting eligibility requirements. No one else. Um, don't let your son assume that he is in good shape. Act as his academic counselor yourself. You can really help by making sure your son is on pace to meet NCA eligibility requirements. So take time to help your son map out the courses that he's planning to take from now until he graduates in high school. Ask yourself, is he meeting the NCA core class requirements? These are things you can check yourself. Um, you can check to make sure each of his classes qualify as NCA approved core courses. We've got a link to that on our website. Um, it's really easy. You plug in the high school, you plug in the, the course, and it tells you if it's NCA approved. So you gotta you gotta look at his NCA core GPA and, and see if it's high enough. Has he registered for the SAT or ACT on time? Is has he registered with the eligibility center? You can find out a lot more about these requirements through our website. We talk about them at length, uh, NCA eligibility and, and all those things. We, we link out to those resources that you need. You got to set up an academic plan. You have to review it with your son at the beginning of each new semester and ensure that NCA eligibility requirements don't prevent him from fulfilling his college baseball dreams. Of course, NCA requirements, those are just a minimum. Uh, having good grades and test scores, that's going to give your son many more college baseball opportunities. We talk about it all the time with college coaches and, and in our surveys. You're going to want to make sure you are 100% clear on academic expectations for your son moving forward. You need to know what your son needs to do to stay eligible, to be admitted, and to maintain his scholarship or financial aid package if he's already received an offer. The academic piece is so hugely important, and, and most people don't realize that this starts in ninth grade. So your grades as a ninth grader, your academics as a ninth grader, just as important as your grades as a junior and senior in high school. So before your son enters high school, check, you know, summer of eighth grade, go on there, let the counselor know at your son's school, hey, my son wants to play college baseball. He wants to make sure he's NCAA eligible. And then be a second set of eyes, check the counselor's work, Go to the NCA eligibility website and check the courses yourself starting in ninth grade all the way through high school. So you have a great plan for his academic success. Uh, again, that's that's a thing in addition, you know, just like the financial being a financial advisor, your son probably as an eighth or ninth grader is not going to have the foresight to check his courses on the NCA eligibility website, right? He's going to need a little prodding and pushing. So 
the financial side of things and the academic side of things are two areas where you can really, really make a huge difference as a parent. So I hope that these five roles provide some clarity on when it's time for you to take advantage of your role as a parent and take charge. Um, it's, it's important to know that coaches do want you to be involved in the recruiting process. They are happy to answer your questions when they're asked the right way. Coaches simply don't want you to steal the show or answer for your son. If you have questions or you're feeling shut out of the process, have your son set up a time for you to talk to the coach and have your questions answered. Have your son set up a dialogue between you and the coach. Again, it, it's so critical that um, you're both involved in this process and you feel like you're a part of this process, but also you give your son enough latitude to take control of the process on his own, especially as it's seen from the outside looking in. So think about what you want to ask in advance. Um, remember that tone makes all the difference. And by following the guidelines that we talk about in this podcast, you're going to keep yourself in the good graces of both your son and college coaches. And at the same time, you're going to be playing in a critical and influential role in creating a really bright future for your son, both on and off the field. So again, we don't envy your position. Parents are, are put in a very difficult decision. Be involved. Um, be heavily involved behind the scenes. Make sure you have a good grasp of your son and how much help he's going to need, how much assistance he's going to need behind the scenes, and, and enjoy the process. Educate yourself. We're here to help. If you have questions, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out to us directly. Keep playing baseball at gmail.com. You can also reach us through DMs on our social media. We are here to help. We are here to help you find the appropriate role for you in the recruiting process. And ultimately, we are here to help your son uh, find a college baseball fit, find a lasting college baseball fit, and make educated decisions throughout the process. Part of that is having you understand your role and being able to support him in a way that's constructive uh, for both him and for the college coaches who are doing the recruiting. Hope you found this useful. Look forward to connecting with you guys again soon. Happy holidays, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for making it to the end of this episode of the KPB Podcast. If you find value in our podcast, please help us make it better. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a five-star rating, write a review. All of that helps us get this information into the hands of those who need it most. We're always beyond excited to get questions and provide more information. You can reach us by email at keepplayingbaseball@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Our Twitter DMs are open. That's at keepplayingbb. Same is true for our Instagram account. That's at keepplayingbaseball. And Facebook, keepplayingbaseball. We're always excited to help provide you with the information that you need to make educated decisions in the recruiting process and move towards your goal of playing college baseball. Don't hesitate to reach out if you need anything, and we'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, take care.